This podcast is made possible by thousands of dedicated listeners just like you. Be a part of this powerful three-decade legacy of evangelization by visiting materdayradio.com or downloading the Hail Mary Media app. And thank you for joining us on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Bringing you a common sense and fresh perspective to creating a just society. This is Common Sense on Social Justice. You'll get equipped with the tools you need to carry out social justice right where you are. Now, here's the host of Common Sense on Social Justice, Michael Davis. And thank you so much for joining us today. I am so glad that you are here. Uh, This is our monthly news episode. Uh, I have to check my records, but I don't believe we did one last month because I had other topics we needed to discuss. But uh, we've got a few items of news here to relate today. And uh, one quite positive, the other two not so positive. But as you know, when we do these news episodes, we want to give current items in the news both negative and positive ones. The media, mainstream media tends to focus just on the negative But we also want to take the principles we learn from these podcasts and actually put them into practice. And I think what happens a lot of times in the news is that we learn of injustices because most of the things happening in the news cycles are unjust topics, topics of injustice somehow. And uh, we can use those as fertile ground to put our principles into practice. The first thing I want to talk about today is the current war happening in the Ukraine. There's currently, as I record this, a war in the Ukraine uh, with Russia violently attacking the country of Ukraine. Approximately 3 million people have been displaced as of today in the Ukraine. uh, Over a million, I believe now 2 million people have left the country and others are homeless. Many are dead uh, and and uh, the war rages on there. And now China has talked about possibly uh, trying to do a takeover of Taiwan. And, of course, North Korea continues their threats uh, as well. Now, first thing we got to know when it comes to war is that we do not fully or accurately understand any war. Well, Okay, so we don't know the answers. Oftentimes we act like we do. We give our opinions. We'll have coffee with a friend and spout our opinions to each other about a war and even talk about the answer as if if I were the president, this is what would happen, right? And we usually end up criticizing the president for how they handle a war. But just know this, none of us fully or accurately understands any war. War is between governments and not nations. And there's all kinds of conversations behind closed doors between governments, within governments and between governments. There's all kinds of deals going on. There's histories that we're not aware of. So we have to understand that war is between governments and not nations. The media... Another thing we need to know is that the media lies to us. The governments lie to us. Okay, so the media and the government consistently lie to us. So we 
don't have the correct information. So the fact is we do not actually know the truth. But the truth that I do know is this, that my brothers and sisters are dying. They're losing their homes and having their lives turned upside down. That's where the truth is. Is Russia right to, uh, to attack Ukraine? We don't know the truth. Is Ukraine the good guy and Russia's the bad guy? Vice versa, both of them good, both of them bad? Okay, again, it's too complex of a, of a question. But the truth I do know is that my brothers and sisters are dying, losing their homes and having their lives turned upside down. War is unjust. It damages economies. I don't want to get in discussion on just war and what the church teaches on that. I mostly want to focus on the injustice of war, that war is largely unjust. It damages economies. It enriches a few at the expense of the masses. Okay, those who, who create war machines, chemical weapons, all that, they get very wealthy off of war while the masses of people lose out. War also damages the earth and the environment. That's something we definitely got to know. That war definitely, it damages the earth and the environment. War, uh, it alters the earth, it pollutes the earth, it... Uh, um, uh, it, it just does great damage. Uh, I mean, think of these weapons uh, they, they, um, that they use, whether it's chemical weapons or whether it's uh, whatever. War creates havoc for the earth, kills trees, it, it renders the soil polluted, the air polluted. These bombs, all these things does destruction to the earth. And so what can we do? And I guess that's the question that would be on most people's minds is what can we do when it comes uh, to war? Well, first thing we can do is just pray. Pray uh, for people's lives and safety. Pray for a conversion of heart for the leaders involved in the war that they'll they'll see people as not separate from themselves. I think one of the reasons why war often happens is because people see others as separate from themselves. For example, maybe Vladimir Putin sees the people of Ukraine as separate from himself. And so he doesn't see that the damage he does to them is being done to himself as well. You know, just things like that. Yeah, pray for an end to the war, yeah, but pray for the lives of those who are displaced. Pray about what your part is in this. You know, how can you help? Uh, another thing we can do with war is listen. Remember, I've talked about having, when it comes to injustice, having both sides of the issue sit down and, and listen to each other, oppressors and oppressed. You know, just listen to people. Don't jump to conclusions. Don't act like you know all the answers. Don't immediately come up with answers, but take time to just listen. Another thing you can do with uh, war when it happens is give. 
give of your time, give financially in ways that you can to help with an uh, healing, not help with the war effort, rather to help financially with healing efforts. Uh, here's a major one. Two million refugees coming out of Ukraine currently. Two million refugees. Consider opening your home to refugees. I'm surely refugees will be coming to your nation soon if they haven't already. So why not uh, invite refugees into your home? Or make your church a center for refugees or something. So there you have war. War. Now, let's talk about another news item, inflation. Inflation is on the rise in the United States and around the world, especially from my perspective as an American. Uh, Gas prices are way up. Food prices, as a result, are going way up. There's shortages everywhere. Price of most items that people buy and items that people need uh, is going way up in price. And what happens, the reason why inflation is an injustice is because the poor who have no buffer against inflation are the ones that are really hurt. You know, the wealthy, upper middle class people, they have a buffer zone when it comes to inflation. But, you know, the poor, they need to get to work like the rest of us. And they often, you know, gas prices shoot three and four times higher than they were a few weeks ago. Suddenly, they're not sure if they can get to work anymore. Or food prices go up for people who are already struggling to put food on the table for their families. Well, inflation may just put that out of reach for them. What inflation does is it causes the poor and the working class to make choices between food or gas, more work, having to work more hours or getting some rest, medical care for their families, or food, and so on. They start having to make choices they shouldn't have to make. And so inflation creates a a barrier, and our political leaders need to get it together, okay? Stop playing politics, stop playing these silly games they play, and start actually getting serious about how can we get this inflation under control so that more than anyone, especially the poor, they can live their lives and have their, them and their family's needs met. Now, before we leave this topic and go on to another, I want to talk about how do you beat inflation, right? There are ways to beat inflation, but we have to get creative. And so if you're listening to this and you're finding yourself actually having to to make those tough choices because of inflation, I'm going to talk to you for a minute how to beat inflation, things I've done in my own life. First of all, with an explanation point written after my notes, minimize, minimize. Okay, there are ways oftentimes that we can minimize by by decreasing the heat in the home enough so that we're not acting like we're living in the tropics, but rather we get to a comfortable level, uh, maybe learning to, to not uh, need electricity so much in our homes. You know, the fact is what these modern utilities, such as natural gas, electricity, so on, have created artificial need for them, you know, 
for most of human history, humans have lived just fine without modern utilities. Um, minimize. Figure out, look in your life and say, where do I have excess and how can I minimize? Even minimize my eating habits. Uh, another way to beat inflation is grow your own food. If you have the land to grow your food or if you can get to a community garden and grow a plot of garden or just put some pots. We, we grow some of our produce at our home because we don't have a yard. We grow it in pots that usually put plants in. And so that cuts down on our food bill because we're able to harvest some of our own, own food even within an apartment situation. Another way to beat inflation is use natural medicines. We use natural means to heal our bodies at our home. And it actually ends up being a lot less costly. And it actually heals us too. I'm not going to give you specific recommendations, but do your research. Look, uh, talk to a naturopath. Uh, natural ways to heal your body. Another way, simplify now, to minimize and to simplify is different. Minimizing is taking a quantity and figuring out how I can do with less of that quantity. Simplifying means cutting out whole segments from your life. So first, an example would be junk food. Completely cut out of our lives. We're no longer spending money on junk food or for us, it was, we're not shopping at a supermarket. We're going to grow some of our own food and we're going to go buy our eggs locally or our bread locally or something so that we can uh, save on transportation costs. Because when companies don't have to spend money on transportation, then they can bring the price of products down. But also, we simplify by making our own food. Okay. Foods that are already prepared and eating out is much more expensive than making your own food. So we very, very rarely eat out. Simplify your life. I have, you know, we, we got rid of television in our home. We don't have that consuming electricity and we haven't spent the money on television or cable TV or any of that. Because we've learned how to be content without those things. So simplify your life. Find recreation. Another way to beat inflation is find recreation in natural ways. So instead of spending a bunch of money on stuff for recreation, find recreation in natural ways, maybe through hiking or through something. I was surprised. Last time I was in Kenya, I was at a, uh, in the, a schoolyard. We were using a kitchen, and a kitchen, by the way, in Kenya, not quite what you think of a kitchen in the United States, but we were using a kitchen in the backyard of the school, and I was shocked that a bunch of kids came out of school and they started playing soccer with this ball. I guess that's what you call it. It was a round object that they had taken a bunch of rubber bands and string and just put together around this round object and created a soccer ball. Weirdest, roughest looking soccer ball you ever seen. And they were having the time of their life. It was 
fun for them. They were like, man, this is awesome. And they were having so much fun and laughing. And by the way, quite amazing soccer skills they were using too. They found nat recreation in natural ways and were happy with it. The next thing, another way, and this is very serious. Don't give in to debt. Don't give in to debt. It is very tempting. I can tell you, I am tempted to give in to pulling out the credit cards and using debt to beat inflation. And that, by the way, does not beat inflation, okay? Which, by the way, if you use your credit cards now, they've just raised, the feds have raised the interest rates. And so by them raising the interest rates, boom, that makes debt even more expensive. So don't give in to debt. So there's our thoughts on war and inflation. Now there's one more news item. This isn't a news item you're going to find on any major network. You're not going to find it on your local show. It's a news item that I'm creating. And it's helping. I, you've heard me mention Kenya, and I want to give you a report on what's going on in Kenya so you can help. Now, I, a disclaimer at the beginning of this is that I am making no money from this, okay? I'm not promoting this because I'm making anything. In fact, I'm not asking you, I'm going to be asking you to financially support the, some needs in Kenya, but I'm going to say it this way. I make no money and none of the money gets to me. In fact, I'm going to ask you not to give me any money to give to Kenya. I'm going to ask you to email me and I'll show you how you give directly to Kenya. Okay, I get no kickbacks. I get nothing from this except knowing that I did the right thing of educating you how you can support them. I go to Kenya and I personally put sweat in to helping with these projects and I out of my own wallet, my own bank account, I give directly to these two fantastic ministries that I've learned about. And I want to give you a report. I recently, there's two main leaders that I've grown to trust over the years. I know they're very trustworthy and I've seen them. I know them personally. I know them quite well. I stay in regular contact with them. They provide me amazing reports of how the money gets used and I've observed their lifestyles. And these two people, I can recommend that you help them financially because they they live, both of them, very simple lifestyles so that they can ensure that any financial support gets right to the poor. I want to talk about Everlyn. She's a woman I've come to know and appreciate, and she has given her life to helping widows in Kenya. The problem in Kenya among widows is that when a man dies, a woman is not allowed to remarry. So with that in mind, she does not have the prospect of getting married to another man and being financially supported. So when a man dies in Kenya, his widow and children that are left behind are left destitute. And what I've been told by the leaders there is often the man's family will reach in and take all of the possessions he has and the woman and her children are left with nothing but starvation. So these widows are hurting. And on top of that, widows or women among women in Kenya is an 80% unemployment rate, 80, 80, 80% unemployment rate. So they have, when a, a man dies, his widow and the children are left in absolute destitute poverty. 
So what Everlyn is doing, she's given her life to helping them. So I asked her to send me some updated numbers recently uh, of how we can help people. And if you want to help, email me. I'll give you their information and tell you how to give. I don't want any of it coming to me. I don't see a dime of the money. I just am a person who dearly loves the people of Kenya, and I want to see their lives turned around. So I asked her for a widow and the children, how much food, how much does it take per month to feed them? So she gave me the numbers to feed a widow and her children good, healthy food for a whole month. Are you ready for this? $100. $100 will feed a widow and her children for a whole month. Now, before I get into this, if you're going to commit to give, you've got to commit for the long term. I've talked to... Uh, a chief because everybody in Kenya belongs to a tribe and don't think of a tribe as a bunch of people living in a mud hut. Okay. If you live in a skyscraper in downtown Nairobi, you you belong to a tribe and there's a chief nearby. Okay. They have a Western style government, but they also have the old style. Everyone belongs to a tribe. There's a chief. So, oh, by the way, the part of Kenya that I have helped serve in is Eldoret. Uh, Eldoret's a city of about 300,000 people. Uh, that's about, uh, by 150 miles or so north of Nairobi. Uh, and, uh, so about a hundred dollars a month to feed the widows and her children. And what Everlyn does is she takes the money, goes to the markets, purchases the food, gets the food to them so they can cook it and prepare it for themselves. I also asked Everlyn for the widow and her children, how much is the medical care. Now they do not have medical insurance in Kenya. Uh, like we have that's against the law in Kenya. What they do have is what's called hospital insurance. So they pay into that and then they can go to the local hospitals where the doctors and they have amazing medical care. They have a lot of doctors from India and those doctors have trained the doctors in Kenya and they do incredible incredibly complex medical procedures on people and they get it right the first time. I saw a guy whose brain had separated, the two halves of his brain separated and what would cost millions of dollars and they might not even get right the first time. Here, they might, but for $2,000, that guy was able to get the surgery and they got right the first time. Never had a problem again after that. Amazing medical care. So for the hospital insurance for the widow and her children, it's $20 one time, one time fee of $20 to register for the insurance. And then after that, they spend $5 a month for the medical care, $5 a month. Now to you, you say, why can't they just pay for it themselves? The widow can go do an odd job, which is all that's available to her can do an odd job, and if she works all day, she'll get $1. So she has the potential to make working 12 hours a day to make $30 a month. So how is she going to pay $100 for food, let alone $5 for medical? Now, what about school? In Kenya, the government only funds public schools to the eighth grade. So if you want your child to go to high school, high school you've got to pay for high school. The public schools are good there. The private schools 
which are numerous. They are amazing. So I ask Evelyn again, what's the school fee? She says the tuition for school, and I'm going to tell you, they get incredible education in Kenya. It ranges from $200 to $600. Now, up to this point, I've told you that it's per month. Not on this one. It's tuition for the children is $200 to $600 a year, depending on which classes they take in school, which, which path they take. So for $100, you can feed them well for $20 one-time fee plus $5 a month, they can get the medical care. And for between two and $600 a year, they can get the education and have hope. That's why many kids end up on the streets in Kenya because their parents could not afford to take them beyond eighth grade so they could get jobs. Now, one point we need to know is rent. What about housing? So housing uh, for the widow and her children is between 50 and $100 a month for rent. So if you want to help give to Everland's causes with the widows, which I have been personally, not just financially, but I've actually been on the ground and helped, uh, email me. I'll give you her information and show you how to get the money directly there. Now, let's talk about Pastor Milton Serrera. He's a great man who, again, himself lives simply, has even taken out of his own funds he needed for his family to get the orphanage through. Now, he helps in, in two different things. He helps orphans and he helps people in Turkana County. And we'll talk about that in a moment. So I asked him about the orphans. He runs an amazing orphanage, great school there, great housing, food for the kids. They get really healthy meals. So when an orphan is brought to his orphanage, they get shelter, they get healthy meals, they get clothes, they get education, they get health care, and more than that, they get love. They love those kids. $40 a month. I can get you in contact with Pastor Serrera and show you how to do that. Now, there's other things I want to announce. Turkana County. Turkana County is a county in the very north of Kenya, up on the Ethiopian and South Sudan border. And Turkana County is suffering from severe famine. Now, most of Kenya is is either tropical or just green. It's very livable, but Turkana County is suffering from severe drought and, and severe famine. People are starving to death. I have pictures of adults and of little kids just curled up in the street, giving their last breath and skeletons dying. And What's happened is the British used to rule Kenya, and when they ruled Kenya, they deforested Turkana County. Turkana County has fallen behind the rest of Kenya. They keep having, in the last, I believe, 40, 50 years, they've had 13 major droughts. People are starving to death. There's no water. There's no rain, no food. What Pastor Serrera does is he gets food to them and he has projects he's dreamed of. He and I have both done research and we've found out ways that you can help those who are literally starving to death in Turkana County, Kenya to get, first of all, we want to keep them alive. After we keep them alive, we want to then uh, uh, help them sustain and thrive. Now, I asked him 
about food. He says for a village of a hundred families. And he says, now when I'm asking you to financially support, I'm not asking you to cover the whole tab. If you gave $10 a month, somebody else gave 10, somebody else gave 10, you got it covered. Okay. It's not all on you individually. So know that, but he said for a village of 100 families, uh, which by the way, you want before he can get food up there, he wants enough to get to 100 families because it's not fair and it's not just to keep one family alive and allow the rest to watch in starvation because they live together in the same village. You want to make sure the whole village is funded. So he says for 100 families to get corn or maize, as they call it, meals, beans, rice, cooking oil, sugar, salt, tea, laundry, and bathing soap, it costs $3,000 a month for 100 families to eat. So there you go. One of the things that uh, I want to keep in mind is that when the British ruled Kenya, and I started to talk on this and I didn't finish, they, of course, like they did with other countries, they took the resources from the people. One of the things they did in Turkana County is they deforested it. So they cut down literally all the trees. So the rain cycles just stopped in Turkana County, and now they're stuck with one famine after another from that. So 3000 a month. If you give $10 a month and others do the same, you got this. 3000 a month to feed a whole village of 100 families. So we're talking three to 500 people because we're talking about 100 families, not 100 individuals. Secondly, I asked Pastor Serrera, is it possible to drill to the underground water supply? Uh, the um, uh, UNICEF, I think it was, did uh, imaging and discovered there is a massive supply of water underground. So I asked him, what will it take to drill that underground supply in Turkana County so that they can irrigate the land and grow their own food? And he said it will cost about between 17000 and 26000 U.S. dollars. And that includes the whole process of the drilling equipment the drilling process itself, the uh, um, uh, the the uh, the permits, the studies, all the things you got to do. But he said, if you get the seventeen to twenty six thousand dollars in hand today, then two weeks from now they'll actually be running water onto that land. It so it only takes two weeks. They don't have all the red tape we've got here in the United States. Two weeks from start to finish. So there you go. And he gave me a lot of list of details. If you want them later, I can get them to you. Details of how that all works out. And then finally, look at the time. We're just about done here. I asked him, in an effort to restart the rain cycles in that region, is it possible to fund the planting of trees? Now, what we do know from other countries, Israel is one of them and others, if in a land that's been deforested and the rain cycle stopped, once they replant forest into that country, the rain actually starts again. You got to have trees to have rain. There was a group of nuns in, in Tanzania, which Tanzania, or as they call it there, Tanzania is right below Kenya in Tanzania. They had drought deforested, greatly deforested and they had drought and a group of nuns planted a forest on their property and 
they said that it only rains on their property. It doesn't rain anywhere else, but it rains on their property. Trees bring rain. And so if we can get some forests planted up in Turkana County, we can get the rain cycle started and boom, there you go. They can thrive again. I asked him how people can give to him. He says, if he can get in contact with, if you get in contact with him, he has a bank account, a national bank account there in Kenya. And he's actually in the process of breaking his bank accounts into separate ones so that depending on which project you want to get to, he'll ensure the money gets to that project. Now, I want to say that these are two people that can be trusted. I know them well, I've known them for a few years and He's in the process of creating a website. He's updated his ministry. Uh, now it's called Agape Vessels of Christ Ministries. Amazing man, Pastor Serrera. Amazing woman that Everlyn is. I am encouraging you to take this information I'm giving you today and to give. And if you want to know how to give, please email me and I'll get you in contact with them. And uh, again, I'd get nothing from this. I'm only giving you the information so that you can give to helping them. I love these people. I love these widows. I love these orphans, these people in Turkana County. I know some of them quite personally and they're suffering. They are suffering, but they're full of love at the same time. Help your brothers and sisters in a real way through this. Well, there's the news one of the news items you won't hear on the major networks, but it's just as real as any of the other news items, if not more real, because it's based in truth. Well, thank you for joining me today. It's always fun to talk with you and have these discussions, and I hope you'll reach out, whether it's war, inflation, Kenya, whatever it is, that you'll reach out and begin to make a difference and to bring about justice and create a just society right where you are. You've been listening to Common Sense on Social Justice with your host, Michael Davis. A common sense and fresh perspective to creating justice where you are. Share your comments and questions with Michael by emailing sjcommonsense at gmail.com. That's sjcommonsense at gmail.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider sharing it with a friend. You can support this vital mission of evangelism.